We all want to feel like we belong, but sometimes it's challenging to find connection in our living spaces, neighborhoods, communities, and relationships. On Home Where You Belong, we're here to change that. Hear stories of people from different backgrounds and from different places and how they've been able to feel more at home to help give you a renewed sense of connection, belonging, and optimism. Welcome to Home Where You Belong with your host, Chip Alford. Effective communications is critical to building and maintaining healthy relationships. With more communication tools and options available today than any time in history, you'd think meaningful social networks would be on the rise. Yet, the opposite seems to be true. A growing number of people feel more disconnected than ever. Interactions between different generations can be especially challenging. Think about it. Do you remember the last time you had a meaningful in-person conversation with one of your kids or a child or teenager connected to your circle of friends? If you're drawing a blank, you're not alone. Author Tammy Cohen knows all too well about the challenge of connecting with technology-savvy young people. Determined to have meaningful interactions with her sons, this Manhattan mother, podcaster, and brand messaging consultant learned how to connect with them in a language they understand, texting. Tammy shares her communication journey in her book, Text Messages to My Sons, Connecting Deeply in a World of Devices. Tammy, welcome to Home Where You Belong. I'm really thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Chip. I'm excited to be here and to, you know, get into a conversation for sure. I'm really interested in getting right into what you've learned about texting and, and your book, Text Messages to My Sons, Connecting Deeply in a World of Devices. But before we get into kind of the nitty gritty, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Tammy Cohen? Where do you live? Okay, so I live in Manhattan. I'm married. I have three sons. They're grown. And I actually am working brand messaging. I work in the gem and jewelry space. I work with manufacturers, diamond producers, all different kinds of, of people. And I help them with their brand messaging or for them to develop some kind of strategy for communicating with their customers. So that's one of the things I do. I founded a, a women's business networking called Women Beyond the Table. And it's global now. It's a nice group of women and they're entrepreneurs. and business owners mostly, and we support each other and provide services to each other. And it's been, it's like three years now in counting. Through the, through the Women Beyond the Table, I started the Beyond the Table podcast. So that's telling women's stories, sharing their challenges and their struggles and along the line uh, with an audience. I'm fortunate to be part owner of a restaurant on the Upper East Side. I, I own the restaurant. Um, my husband runs it. And last but not least, I just became an author, you know, publishing text messages to my sons, which probably at this point is, you know, an achievement that I never saw coming. And, but I'm super, super excited about it. You just made me feel really tired. Do you ever sleep? Not really. <laughs> no. One thing I kind of heard through all of that, though, is really the importance of communications and, and what you're doing, whether it's brand messaging or working with customers or your podcast. But your book is really not focused on connecting with customers, but with your family, with your sons in particular. I'm just curious, what inspired you to write the book? Well, see, I always consider myself more of a connector. 
then okay. really even a brand messaging consultant. I always found it very easy to talk to people and build networks and things like that. So what happened during the pandemic, when everything shut down and also, you know, things completely stopped and my clients, everything had changed and even income changed. And I started really thinking about where I was at myself. You know, you start kind of reevaluating things. And I realized sure. I had a lot of issues. I had a lot of very limiting thoughts in my head from my origin story and background. I realized I wasn't very happy and there were some issues that I needed to work on. And here we go. Like, I mean, look, the pandemic was very challenging, but for a lot of people, it was a time to stop in you stock. And I did that. And I started really getting into the, the whole mindset space and learning and doing so many programs and workshops and, and hiring a coach and a business coach. I really got deep in it. And I thought, you know, I'd really like to share this with my sons because I realized how important it is to let those you love, those who are close to you, even in your community, to give them positivity. But not just here and there. It has to be consistent. So I was learning and I was getting into all this stuff and I would just start sending them text message each morning. I decided I'm going to send a text message just full of how much I love them, how important they are, how, how extraordinary they are. I want, I want to share inspiration and I want to share something that I've learned. I don't want it to be how it's always been. A reminder, a fan, <laughs> a reprimand. Like, where are you? What are you doing? What do you want? Do you want... Yeah. I don't have money. Like, you know, like those kind of messages were the norm, especially while they were growing up. And it was sure. always like, I'm busy. I'm busy because I was always working and running around. I was cognizant of the, of, uh, the fact that I had to reach them where they're at. And where they're at yeah. is a device. You know, Chip, the truth of the matter is, is that a phone, it's hard to see, but a phone, a device is neither good nor bad. It's messaging that's going on. It's just that, a tool, tool, right? It's a tool. So why not use a tool to send love, because right now, the majority of tools are, are hate-filled, propaganda, violence, a lot of misinformation. So what happened was I started doing it, and, and I, was, I do it Monday through Friday. And what happened was over a couple of years, and I was telling my friends and colleagues, I was like, oh, like, and they were like, that's amazing. You should put it in a book. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, what? I didn't do this to write a book. Just, I just started doing it. But I had a lot of messages. So the, then I started thinking seriously about putting in a book. And what was really inspiring to me was that my friends who had started doing it with their kids. And they said, That's, you know what? The conversation is changing. It's less than Because nobody so wants to talk in person. You're really hoping to inspire other people by, by sharing your stories, I guess. Yeah. And also, just like I said, you know, reach them where they're at. You know, I didn't expect anything back. I didn't expect them to send me like roses and send me back a great message because my messages get a little long because I'm sharing information, but yeah. I didn't expect anything back. So, but I did receive that. And that's what set, made me think, this is, I'm onto something. Look, I raised my kids in Manhattan. They're city kids. They're busy. They're all over the net. They're working. They're immersed with their careers, with their colleagues, with their friends, with their lives. So the fact that they take the time to not only appreciate it, an answer meant a lot to me. And they were the most encouraging for me to do this project because I wasn't sure I was going to write a book. That's great. I, I was actually at a business appointment earlier today and I mentioned to somebody I was going to be interviewing you and kind of what the subject matter was about. And I said, oh, that's awesome. You know, I really wish I had asked my father 
more questions about his life and kind of what he thought and his experiences and what he'd learned. But when you're younger, you think your parents will be around forever and you don't really think about it. So you're kind of sharing your story too, aren't you, a little bit with your with your sons? Yeah, I think what really um, changed the tenor was me being able to admit, me being able to share about my background. And a lot of times, you know, when I would yell at them or it, or it get worse, it wasn't them. They didn't do any, it wasn't their fault. See, we don't realize, you know, we, we, sometimes the way we are with our kids, how they're taking it in because their frame of reference is, what did I do that she's, she's yelling sure. at Or watching a dis, like something going on in the marriage or something. And then it's, it's everywhere. The environment's completely different. So I wanted them to know that I'm human. I made mistakes and that it wasn't their fault. That That's- I wanted to take ownership and accountability for some of the things that I might have said or done or actions or just the way I, I behaved or spoke what the frustrations were that I was dealing with. It wasn't about them. And, you know, also joke around a little bit, like, you know, you guys didn't come with manual. So (laughs) I didn't always know how to respond because there was nobody to really say. And I didn't grow up in the healthiest environment. So I was also realizing maybe I've been very repetitive about some of my behaviors because that's what I saw. You know, when you pass on and your kids Mm -hmm. are thinking back, what are they going to think back? They're going to think back about the memories. They're not going to think about what you bought them or, sure. you know, or that you, you killed yourself sending them to a great school, private schools and stuff. No, they're going to think about the message you sent or the things you, like the memory of certain things. So what kind of person want, you were and your, yeah. what kind of lessons you taught them, I guess, too. And my hope is that they'll want to do it with their kids. Yeah. I personally think it's even a bigger mission because. I do it with my colleagues, too. I'm always checking in with them via text, and I'll send them some love because they need it. Like, times are hard. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. Do it with your community. Think about, like, the ripple effects. I really believe, Chip, that if you're going to send love to somebody every day, you're going to tell them how worthy they are and how important they are, but also send them positivity, send them encouragement, send them really good stuff. I think it's a way to bring more light. And that is... What I realize now. Everybody needs encouragement, right? All of us. You need to know somebody cares enough to send you a message. Absolutely. As you think back on some of the messages you sent, were there any that surprised your sons or does anything come to mind? The funniest things on my sons. <laughs> a lot of times they would be like, you know, because we always get together for Friday night. We have like a uh, Shabbat dinner and we see each other when we can. They two of them live outside and one lives at home now. And okay. they're like, you know, messages are really good, but they're long. Sometimes they're long. They're well written. It's a lot to read, mom. Yeah. And they're like, it's well written. So I was like, thank you. But yeah, here and there they'll comment on something or they'll they'll text me back and they'll say, I didn't know that happened. I didn't know you went through that. I didn't know you felt that way, you know? And it's powerful. It's powerful. But I really feel like for them also, like when somebody's consistently, and I'm talking every day, letting you know how much they love you and how much they care and wh- whatever inspiration they're providing, you're kind of bulletproof because you might have a, a bad day. You might have a day that's very challenging, but you just in the, your subconscious, in the back of your mind, knowing that there's somebody in your corner that cares enough, that wants you to know how important you are, you get, you, it, it, you kind of get through it a little bit better. 
and and that's what they've also shared with me that it's very reinforcing. I bet you've learned some things about them along the way too. You know what? They were so supportive. They were they were very caring and supportive. They wrote the foreword to the book, which meant so much to me. That's what it nice. means to them for them to get these messages and that they're proud that I did this. They were very involved. I would show them a different format because this is the first book written in completely in text message format. People are telling me this is so easy to read. I can jump from chapter to chapter and I, I don't have to find, there's no storyline to follow. It's just one inspirational thing after another. So Chip, there are 10 chapters and each chapter is, has a category title. So it's mindfulness, gratitude, uh, leadership and focus, love and family. So the messages that relate to that nature, time and nature are in those categories. So if you want to jump to a different kind of message, you can, you're not losing the thread. And then at the end of each chapter, we have lines so that you could try your own message. And it's really written so easy. People are flying through it and I'm getting really good response because people fly through it and they, they get it and they love it. They find it very inspiring. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm curious, were you much of a texture before or was this kind of a new experience? Well, I'll tell you, Chap. I grew up in a time there were no cell phones for a few. And then the first I'm cell with you. came out. You know, they were big. They were big. And then, oh my God, I remember which cell phone the flip started. They started having text. I found it. I was afraid. I found it yeah. And I couldn't text. And I still, to what this day, my kids are like, use both hands. And I, I use one I hand. Know. How I do they? I can't. I can't. How do they do that? And they go so fast. I know. And like, I can't do it. And then I resented like those acronym, like they'd answer with an acronym oh, yeah. and I'd send them a text. They'd be like, and I'd be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Like, and I had to try to figure out what the acronym, because I was embarrassed. It's you like know, a different, different language. It's a different language. But I remember when they finally got their phones, because remember also they, when they were growing up, it was, it, the social media wasn't as, as developed as it is now. The first iPhone was still not happening. And then finally, when it happened, I mean, everything is progress, right? It's a, it got more and more advanced. But I remember, like, if I want them to even listen to me, I have to send a text. Yeah. Because I could remind them verbally and it went in one ear and out the other. But if they saw the message to remind them to do something, I knew at least they were going to do it. Also, you know, when are you coming home? They were younger. Where are you? I like, I could communicate with them where they wouldn't pick up the phone. Yeah. I could call them. They wouldn't pick up the phone. I just say, I'm paying for the phone. You have to answer it. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, pick up. They weren't answering. Half the time, they couldn't even hear the phone ring, you know? So it didn't matter. I didn't like it at first either, texting, but I've gotten used to it, and I see the value of it and the immediacy of it. But also, it kind of gives you a record of things. So, you know, they could save those messages that you've sent them as well. Of course, now it's in the book. But how would you describe your family's communication style as they were younger and kind of growing up? What was it like in your house? Oh, sounds, like it, sounds like it was busy. <laughs> it was busy. You know, the two older, my oldest is about seven years older than the youngest, and he's two years older than my middle son. So there was a lot of, it was boys, a lot of fighting, a lot of physicalness. Their friends would come over. It was very physical. So I was kind of yelling a lot <laughs> because I, I raised my apartment building. My neighbor was always complaining like harshly about noise and this. It was, it was always something. But, you know, you're just, as a parent, you're just trying to get through the day 
and, and make it make sense. Like everything's getting done. This is getting done. That's getting done. They're okay. They're doing their homework. They, they ate their dinner. You gave them dinner. Like you gave them breakfast. You got to school and stuff. There's always things to do. You don't live in the moment, which is problematic. Chip, if I go back in time, I'd want to go back when each one of them was a baby, a toddler, in lower school, early, because I didn't appreciate it. I really didn't. I was just trying to get through it. I see parents now, I think they're more in it. Like, I, I think that they're more aware and they're more in it. Me, it was more like, I have, you know, get the list. This has to be done. They have to go to the doctor. They have to play date. They have to go to soccer. You know, like, it ha- there was always something happening. And then Sundays and Saturdays, it was kind of like, you know, Sunday, I just, I, I was like exhausted. <laughs> like, you had to rest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then they, uh, yeah, to keep them busy. Yeah. To take them to this birthday. But it was always something. I can honestly tell you, Chip, like, I don't remember how we communicated. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of move it. There was a lot of do this, do that, do your homework. That, you know. And unfortunately, I mean, that's how it was because we got things you had to get. I was more concerned with getting things done than actually enjoying them. And now I realize, like, that's not what I should have done. Well, I don't think that's that atypical, though. I think you most know. of us grew up with a lot of the same kind of thing. And we learn as we go, right? But it sounds like COVID kind of gave you, as as annoying and awful as the pandemic was, it kind of gave you an opportunity maybe to to think more about that. Yeah. And I think that's why COVID is also like called the great resignation, where a lot of that was happening, where people were just like, I'm, I'm home with my family. I'm done. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go back to the corporate world. I, do, I want to start my side hustle. I want to do something different. And I think that's when a lot of people were thinking, what do I want? What are my priorities and how do I need to focus on that? What's, what's the reaction to your book been like? You mentioned that your sons wrote the forward. They were happy to see you do it. What what kind of feedback are you getting? It's been, it's been fantastic. People are just telling me how much they enjoy it, how they didn't realize that I, I could write like that that I felt that way. Like there people are calling it text poetry, which is another first. Because, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the whole text format and calling it text poetry doesn't exist. So I'm excited that people are into it and they're telling other people like, this is great, you know, because the messages are like very easy to read. They're not very, you know, short. They're not one, two line messages, but they're easy to read. And every message starts off with good morning sunshine. And every message at the end ends with how much love I have. Like, I've loved you through lifetimes. I've loved you through the galaxies. I love you to infinity and beyond. And I try to, I try, I try to tie everything together. So people are like, you know, it doesn't have to just be for a son. I mean, sure. it easily applies to your partner. It easily applies to your daughter, your nephew, your niece, your grandchildren. Your friends, it could be to anybody, you know, it's kind of like that. So people are enjoying reading it because anything that's uplifting, people, I think, just naturally gravitate towards. It's a quick read. And people today, don't, they don't want to linger so much. They, they want quick. Yeah. We, we don't have time to read War and Peace every week, right? Or, or something so deep that, you know, you yeah. have to read it four times before you even understand what's being yeah. put in the book. Or, you know, it, it's just so involved. So I think people like the freedom of it, that they can flip around the book. They're not losing a storyline and they can get inspired and it's easy. And that my hope is that they give them ideas to write their own messages 
I'm, I'm like, take whatever you need from it. Just start. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, T- Tammy, thanks again for joining us and, and sharing this. It's a, it's a great reminder of how you can use technology to drive deeper relationships with your own family, but also with others or whoever, whoever's in, in your life. The podcast focuses on feeling more at home wherever you live, feeling more connected in your community and being more engaged in your relationship. So I always ask the same question to every guest. What is it that makes you feel most at home? Oh, that's a good question. My horoscope is cancer. We're homebodies. Okay. Okay. The energy in the house is very warm. And I do a lot of entertaining. I've had countless amount of people over on Fridays and Saturdays. And this is where my kids grow up. So, you know, they're, they're imprinted. They're, they're here, you know. But uh, what do I love about my home is that I've been in this same home for 28 years. So I oh have so goodness. many memories. And the, I have all the, my, the pictures around. And, you know, and every, every picture is a different stage of life. So I just really dig the energy in my home. I just like feel safer. I feel grounded. That's what I love about my home. That's awesome. It sounds like you've got like a living history in your home with the yeah. with the photographs and and living there for that long. I I find that really interesting. I've lived. I think I'm now in my 26th different home. Wow. Um, yeah. So there's you know there's good. It's not right or wrong. It's just what works right. for different different people, right? But I do find it interesting that I have friends and family members who have lived in the same at least the same town or the same same home. Do you think it would be hard for you to move somewhere else? No, actually. <laughs> You're my, ready now. My next plan, my my plan B, as I like to tell my husband, is I want to live in different places. I want to go three months. I want to try to move around and see where I want to be because I do believe, like, I I actually admire what you've done because I do believe you also have, like, you change, you, you know, when you change your residence, you also bring a new, a new luck to you, a new... A new, a new start. And I think I'm ready for that. And I think home is wherever you decide is home. I want to spend more time in Aruba because I know it really well. I visit there a lot. And I'm like, I could stay here for wherever I decide to stay, wherever your clothes are, wherever yeah. you're, you're eating. is For me, is home. It's fine. Well, Tammy, thanks again so much for joining us. And I wish you good luck. Thank you for having me, Chip, because I enjoyed our conversation and I think we really got, got right to it. Tammy's book, Text Messages to My Sons, is available for purchase on Amazon. I'm including a link in the show notes and on our podcast website, homewhereyoubelong.com. I'm also including links to Tammy's related social media pages and the website for her consulting business, tcbrandconsulting.com. As always, thanks for listening, and if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you stream episodes, and tell your friends about us. We want to help you continue experiencing that feeling of being at home wherever you are, so please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit our website at homewhereyoubelong.com. Want to join in on discussions, ask questions, or share feedback and ideas? Join our Facebook group, visit us on Instagram, or send an email to chip at homewhereyoubelong.com. We'll see you next time.
proud member of the Podnuga Network.